Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crawford, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrawford.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to the Drop the Ball 2021. Hallelujah. I woke up the other day and that hit my spirit. And uh, I'm going to share more on that tonight with uh, Evangelist Kobe and Keely uh, and at 7.30. So we welcome you back tonight. But my husband's here with me this morning. Good morning. And we started our fast today and prayer and fasting and um, teaching from 10 to around 10.45. Uh, I'm going to ask you, honey, if you'll open us in prayer. Lord, we come to you today humbly, God. We just come with bowed knees and raised heads, God. We lift our hands and our hearts to you, Lord Jesus, that you would come be with us today and just comfort us and guide us as we go through this video today, Lord Jesus. We just ask that you always with us and dwell, and dwell within us, God, and just give us power to, to seek the lost and to reach them and to change their hearts, Lord God. We know that it's not us, but it's, it's you inside us, God. And we just thank you for the power of prayer, and we just ask that you bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we're starting an apostolic uh, network on prayer. Um, you know, a lot of people say, how's she an apostle? How's she an apostle? I'm an apostle over prayer. And so, God's birthing a new thing, and we'll share more with that later, too. But I asked the Holy Spirit about today, and he said to have a Q&A. So we're going to have a, a question and answer. If you have questions on Facebook, then just put it in the, uh, put it in the stream, and someone will read those questions. If we don't answer it now, we'll come back and answer you later. Thank you for joining in with us. Amen. We start school this, uh, the 19th of January. So we welcome you all back to the school and uh, the details. We have a flyer uh, coming out, and the details will be on the flyer. So the reason I'm having. So I'd like to talk to you out there. If, if y'all were members of the school last time and you enjoyed it, <coughs> excuse me, just let some of your friends know. Uh, we had awesome teachers here and everything. Uh, I had a good time teaching, and I had a good time being taught. So if you, if you, had a, if you thought it was worth your while, then just mention it to your friends and let them be a part. Amen. Yes. So <coughs> the reason we're having a and a because some of the students have asked questions on prayer and fasting. So I want to open it up and see some of your questions. So this is something we can uh, teach later and uh, further on it. So don't be shy today. We'll let uh, Elder Sanders is going to pass the mic around so if you have a question go ahead and start off this morning 
it's like I buy a sock that everybody knows everything about it. <laughs> um, how does pray effective prayer? Um, you want to answer that? Well, I think effective prayers, all, all prayers can be effective. But to me, when I think, when you ask me what are my effective prayers, it's, it's the things that are going through my life at the moment. Uh, sure, like right now, there's turmoil in the country. I'll pray for that, and there's many people out there that are praying right along with me. But And, and we're going to get some action out of that. We're going to get some effect out of that. But when I really set my heart to something and I start fasting and praying at the same time, that's going to be something that's personal to me, you know. And some people have that burden for the government. Uh, I have a smaller burden for the government than I do for the people of the church. So I would say that my prayers would be more effective in, in my sphere of influence, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So uh, effectual prayer, he also tells us to ask, seek, and knock. So if I'm asking and I don't see a breakthrough, and then I'm seeking, which is a little deeper, we seek God and we'll find him, and I don't feel a breakthrough, then I knock, and that goes into spiritual warfare. That goes into deep calls to deep, the Bible says. So uh, I would spend some time over that subject. If, if I have something that's vexing me, I have some kind of sin that keeps reoccurring and I can't conquer it. Uh, anything I do, I go to prayer two days a week and it's still, on Monday, it's still tempting me. Things like that, we have to go a little deeper because the Bible says when, when the disciples, if the disciples couldn't cast the devil out, they said, why couldn't we cast him out? Jesus said that some only come out by prayer and fasting some so there's some things and i'll say here you know cornelius prayed and he gave we hear that teaching all the time but the ecclesiastes says a threefold cord is not easily broken so what about if we add fasting to our prayer and giving that's a threefold cord so but there's things that we wrestle not with flesh and blood of Ephesians 6. If there's things in our life that we simply can't conquer, we've been praying for 40 years for a husband. We've been praying 50 years for a destiny. It's time to take that a little deeper. And those prayers, uh, and the prayers, when you get deep in the spirit, the spirit's going to overtake your prayer. That's an effectual prayer. I was just studying some of Dr. Snow's books, and he's t he teaches that. He never went to a city that he didn't. He never preached till he prayed and fasted, ever. His wife's telling the story in the newsletter this week. Morris never preached without fasting and prayer. He never went to a city that he didn't send some prayer warriors first. To break open the heavens. So years ago, you know, a, a lot of it, the praise leaders would say to me, they say, 
I didn't know that. Nobody told me where I was. I led praise over here for years, and nobody told me you had to pray to lead praise. So that's how far away the church has gotten from prayer. Uh, the statistics on the, the average pastor prays uh, 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day. So does that help any, Keelan? I wrote it down, and we'll teach more on it. Someone else have a question? Brother Adam? Yes, ma'am. I was wondering, and you kind of, I was going to ask you, how do you know when it's time to pray and fast? But a lot of what you just said answered that question. So another, that poses another question for me. Um, we've learned here through the school of ministry and discipling and the praying, the, the, the giving out of obedience is how you're going to see the most return on that harvest, on that seed that you sown. Does that work in prayer and fasting too? Do we, do, you don't necessarily have to wait on the Lord to tell you to pray and fast in order for it to be as effective as you praying and fasting. Is that true? I usually, if I'm desperate, <laughs> desperation is a time to fast. Like, I ain't got no money, but I ain't got no job. You know, or my kid is in the hospital for 10 days and it don't seem like they're getting out. That's desperation. I don't have to wait because he said uh, that when the bridegroom, they said, why, why don't the, the disciples fast? And Jesus said, when the bridegroom's taken away is when they're going to fast. Well, the bridegroom, uh, you know, Jesus went back to heaven. When you feel, and he is with us, but when you feel him not close, you feel not close or there's barriers up. Uh, I don't feel like God's hearing me. It's like I'm hitting the ceiling with my prayers. He said, when the bridegroom's gone away, then you fast. So when you don't feel, he never leaves us. But when, when, when we leave him, we've been too much world in us, too much carnality. So we don't hear God clearly. That's a time to fast, to get him close to us again. Go in that secret place, in the closet and pray and spend time with him in his presence, you'll start feeling it again. Amen. And you you have to remember that when you're fasting, you're going to be, you're drawing super close to God and you're going to be open to a lot of things. So, you know, you don't want to, you don't necessarily want to be fasting and then Go up on Christmas presents with your family if you can avoid something like that. Uh, so, but, and she touched on it there. If, if my kid is in a, in a car wreck and is immobilized or something like that, well, I don't necessarily think I have to wait on God to say fast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna know this is a serious thing and I'm gonna start and say, well, I'm going to fast for healing or something like that. So there will be some cases that are just clear-cut. You'll, you'll kind of know, hey, this is pretty serious. I need to take it to the next level, and I want to make sure that God, you know, hears me, and I want to let him know that I'm just beating on the doors of heaven for this cause. And then there will be some that maybe he's going to tell you. 
Jesus was led in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. So there are days. I don't ever just go on a fast trying to find a route and all those things. I don't. And counselors help people get to the route. That's what I was talking about yesterday. When a certain person wouldn't come to church for two or three weeks or a month, it's not just calling and checking on them. It's what's the pro- what's the problem? What's the matter? Let's pray and get to the root of this problem. So help them get a breakthrough. Help them get a breakthrough. So um, one time I knew my ex-husband was going to commit suicide. I knew. I felt it. You ever had those kind of impressions, things? So I had to make a choice. I can't say God said. I, I, I had to make the choice. He, I thought he's fixing to do that. He's threatened it for years, but he's really fixing to do it. We weren't married anymore. But my children was upset. That's my children's father, dad. So I come up here for three days, and I didn't feel anything. Well, I asked my husband first. I said, do you care if I do this? No. So I came up here. I didn't feel anything. The third day, about 2 o'clock, I was like, God, I'm not hearing anything. He said to me, it's enough for this time, and we... And if you need to do it again, I'll let you know. See, we don't always have to have this big word. You know, we prayed and fasted for Mama, and then one time we did. We did several of them, and people was through. Pastor D was through, and I, I still had this in me. It's like, so I, I wouldn't not, I wouldn't go eat, and I didn't tell anybody, but I went home and. About eight hours later, she said she called, said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I, I just still don't have peace." And she said, "Oh, Angie, come on, eat with us, you know." But, but if, but my leader, then peace came, and I submitted, even though I didn't feel it. See, that's where submission comes in real handy, because sometimes Monica's on twenty-one day fast, and I'm like, the breakthrough's here, you know, you know. So it's good to have a leader sometimes like that to help. So, so in the, let me ask a question. Can I ask a question from back here? <laughs> so in a corporate fast, when the leader breaks the fast or says the fast is over, and and we still feel a a burden to fast, what do we do? Do we do we uh, submit to the leader and just you know without them saying? You know, she called you and said, come eat, so that's clear cut. But if they don't call you, what do we do from there? You go to your leader and say, this is what I'm feeling. And they'll pray with you or until you get peace. But if the fa- if they led the fast and they say the fast is over, it's really usurping authority to go on and do my own thing. When I first started pastoring, uh, there was someone here that's moved and he was a fasting machine, but it was in his flesh all the time. And one of my first, I would call them cases, my first cases of counseling, uh, Pastor D was staying with Mama, you know, she was still, she used to come here for a month to stay with her. And I was over there and she said, you call this, you call this man, Angie, your mama can't handle none of that no more, you call him. I was, oh, I was scared and I called him. 
I said, so-and-so, he was on a 21-day fast for people to get healed. Uh, he'd wear a bracelet, you know. If he hear, hears somebody out there sick, wherever he's working or whatever, he, he never came to none of these fasts. That's a key. He was part of this ministry. And that's what she said, the church is not fasting. And I'm thinking, how can anybody be wrong fasting? He was in rebellion. Because when we fasted, the people he came under for a covering, he never joined in, and he'd go over here and do his own thing. I'm not saying God won't never tell you to pray, but when, but when you're talking about a 21-day fast and working, and he, I had to say, um, you know, the church isn't fasting right now. We, and he's, he said, I, I said, can you, uh, I said, it's dangerous to be out there at work for 21 days and you're open. Your, your spirit's real open when you're fasting and these attacks come. And he said, he ain't going to be able to not do it. I said, okay, well, we love you. And those people died, and he winded up out of the ministry eventually without a prayer covering. So um, we can be rebellious in it. And Pastor D and Mama said that's a fasting spirit, not from God. It's law. We put law on ourselves sometimes. There's three types of fast. There's an absolute fast. There's a partial fast. There's a regular fast. The absolute, someone was asking the other day, is without water or food. Um, if you hadn't talked to any doctor and said, you know, how is my health to don't be without water three days or something? Because the body, you know, I, God, he doesn't ever ask me to do a fast without water. I, um, I hear people that do it. And I'm not going to say it's wrong because that is a type of fast. The other is the regular fast. It's no food for a certain period of time. Um, it can be one meal. It can be half a day. It can be 12 hours, 24 hours. I find a lot of breakthrough in a 12-hour fast or a 24-hour fast or a three-day fast. A lot of breakthrough. Pastor Dana said one time, you know, Esther saved the nation in three days. So sometimes we put too much law on us. We could just fast the corn dog for lunch. <laughs> we just put all that burden on us, and what it does is we can't stay consistent with it, and uh, we fall short and condemn ourselves. That's what that, that does. You have anything to say about that? Yes, question? Yes, ma'am. Yes. How can you tell that the Spirit is overtaking your prayer? Okay. That's why we'll start singing or we'll start, uh, the Bible says, in his gates with thanksgiving. Because we have to remember, we're coming to see a king. So I don't just go straight up to the king. I need my husband saved. I have to, there's protocol. There's protocol to enter into the presence of God also. He said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So there's gates and there's courts. If you never go through the gates and the courts, your prayers probably don't leave the roof. We want to talk about being infectious. 
if we just go in in our flesh and stay in it, that's not going to accomplish much. I'm not going to say God won't never do anything for you because he's compassionate and all that, but he moves by faith. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please me. But with God, all things are possible. But one thing I learned through Dr. Sorella, see how I gave him honor? I've been teaching this for 20 years, but I learned through Dr. Sorella that the prayers that are invested with the Holy Ghost, every one of those prayers are going to be answered. Every one. Romans 8.26 says, let's look at it. Romans 8.26. That's why it's important to get in the Spirit. Amen. I want my prayers answered. I want it to be effective. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, another translation, weakness. He'll even help your weakness in fasting. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. I don't know your problem. I just know what I see. But I don't know the root. But the Spirit itself, not Adam's self, not Angie's self. The Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's why all those prayers are going to be answered because the Spirit's going to pray the will of God. He's not going to say, oh, I want a Bentley, God. Oh, I want five wives of God. Oh. <laughs> he's going to say, he's going to say, save Donnie. Have mercy on America. God, bring your people to repentance. God, Set a fire in our hearts and so the world can watch us burn. How do we get there? We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So most days, there's, there's some exceptions. Most days, we come before him with singing. And CDs are good or, or songs on the phone are good. They're real good. I love it. But you want to get real intimate with God, you sing in the song. I love you, Lord. And you'll be singing something, even if you can't sing. Pastor Pinson came hit me on the head one day in prayer. He said, sing a song. Start us off with a song. <laughs> I didn't have any teaching, so I said, he set me free. Yeah, he set me free. He broke the power. <laughs> She's, she was laughing so hard because <laughs> I was not in no spirit, okay? <laughs> I should have said, started with a worship song. I love you, Lord. I thank you for what you've done for me today. I thank you for saving our children. Thank you for freedom ministry. There's Thanksgiving. And then pretty soon, the spirit, you'll feel like quickening. Like, you'll, you'll have that, that 
place where you got to transfer out of the flesh to the spirit. That's the hard place. That's the hard place. You'll be singing, I love you, Lord, I love you, you know, still in your flesh. All of a sudden, things start hitting your mind. I need to go cook breakfast. I need to check on so-and-so. That's a good thing, isn't it, to go call a soul. Well, he wants you to do it in your prayer time, so you quit praying because we can do that in other times. Okay. I love you, Lord. I love you. Things hit my mind. I love you, Lord. Let your spirit reach up. And that's going to block. It don't matter what you got to do to get in that presence. You block out all that other stuff. And if you got to get louder, you got to get louder. And yes, pressing in. And then, and sometimes you can do it uh, quietly, you know. But a lot of times I got to get louder than my mind. Especially starting out how to learn to pray. You know, after you get more mature, you kind of know, okay, that's God. Go ahead and start praying. So get louder than your mind. Get louder than the voices. Um, and then you'll see, like, feel an authority on your prayer then. You'll feel an authority on it. That's the spirit praying. And then he's going to actually tell you what to pray. You don't got to think about it anymore. You'll be like, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And then his presence hits you. You may start crying. You may start laughing. But all of a sudden, these prayers will start coming to you. And if you don't know any, open psalms and start saying them to him, the good things in there. David poured his heart out to God, and then he would say positive things. You're, you're my high tower. You're the horn of my salvation. You're my hiding place. I run into you, and I'm safe. And, and God inhabits those praises, and he's going to come on the scene. He's going to show up. Are you going to show up where people worship you, you know, celebrate you? Are you going to go around people that tolerate you? God's kind of the same way. I mean, he don't want to be around a bunch of folks don't want him. Benny, do you have a question? Uh, yes, ma'am. Um, what you said earlier that um, that uh, we shouldn't fast if, like, food or water if it's against our, you know, it's bad for our health. Um, what what can we do in in case you know that with in my case I can't I have to have my meals at a certain time I have to take a certain amount of water or what 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 can I do in lieu of that? So we have the partial fast. The ab we have a partial fast too. So we have the absolute. It's no water, no food. Have the regular, no food. Have the uh, partial. It's like a Daniel fast or. You give away something you love and replace it with something else. Or maybe you can drink protein shakes or something or meal shakes instead of your food, and then you'll have something in you for your medicine. Okay? Does that help? Yeah. Or, or put away TV for a day or your phone or something like that. That's, that's fasting too. On a lighter note, you could eat your rice cakes because... Nobody likes rice cakes. You're giving up something and you're not getting anything in return. <laughs> right. But I, I wanted to go back just a minute to where Apostle was giving an example of praying. And she said, 
Lord, I want a Bentley. Lord, I want five wives. And if you notice, at that point, she shifted and she started saying, Oh, Lord, I want this person saved. I want, and you could, you could feel the shift. Even though she was giving an example, you felt that shift in the atmosphere, in the prayer. And that's that deep calling to deep because until then, you know, it's flesh and, and it is truly our wants and things. But we're not, we're not really concerned with what Tim wants. I want to know what the Holy Spirit wants and things like that. And that's that deep calling to deep. And that was a good example because in her life she prays for people, you know, and we all do. But we want that soul to come to heaven. And you could see just how fast it happened even in an example in her life. Question, um, and if, if it don't pertain to this, then I understand. I want to know um, attacks from the enemy. Um, you don't know that it's coming, and you've prayed and you fasted, and, and then you're sharing a word, and then when you go home, something happens, and it happens every time. Is that something you should fast and ask the Lord what to do in that instance, or should how should I, what should I do? No, it's just knowing that that's the attack for the word. Mark chapter four says that you know when the the sower sows the word, and the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. So um, I always get attacked when I fast. Uh, I always get attacked when I preach. Usually the week before, I have to live what I'm preaching for that Sunday. But I know that battle. So it started years ago, and I didn't know the battle. And I'd fight back. You know, if Mama asked me to preach Wednesday or Sunday, me and Tim's fighting on Monday every time, every time, because I did start fasting Tuesday. And so I didn't recognize the battle for a long time, so I fight back. Or I probably started the fights most of the time because he's a lover, not a fighter, he says. <laughs> oh, that was a breakthrough. <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me. So um, what, I, what I would do... Finally, when it keeps happening, oh, one day the Holy Ghost, but I, I asked God, why does this keep happening? And he says, uh, it's happening because it's not just about you. What you're going through in your battle at home, it's not just about you or on your job or anything else, especially when you're carrying the word of the Lord. Uh, it's, and I, I saw that. I saw that. I, th I thought these are attacks so I can live in victory over the attack so I can preach it to the body and then there's going to be power to set them free yes. because I just live in victory over it. I just conquered it like Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave in the Garden of Gethsemane like Charlotte says, not on the cross. He already conquered it through prayer and fasting. He already conquered his battle before he showed up on the cross. That's why he could carry it alone. So it's not, a, it's not all about us. It's about the body. It's about the world. It's about, he, he don't come after nothing but that word. Because when I didn't preach for two years hardly up there, 
He didn't fight me like that. Right. And as soon as I started back, but I know the battle. See, he can't get me. So what did I do? When I want to say something, start a fight, or maybe something was said and it wanted me to argue, you know, I wanted to argue, I didn't. So the enemy saw real quick he can't get me like that anymore. He can't get us like that anymore on Mondays. So now it's one of our favorite days because I learned how to disarm the battle. Does that make sense? So, no, you don't have to fast and pray when you get attacked after you preach. You've already fast and prayed before you preach, so you have the ability to handle the battle. So walk, you walk in, walk it out mm-hmm. and press, press it even when you don't think you can. Yeah. Press it because, you know, yes. Well, if you don't think you can, you may have to fast. Because <laughs> by the time I've already sought God over the message or... Uh, I'm trying to see when I don't think I can. At my it's physical, like a physical attack, because I don't oh, have. Oh, a physical attack, um, you have to come press through. And then there's that time where God will say, you already won that. But if he sees, we'll let Pastor Dana share on this, because I think she's had a little bit, and I've had a little bit too, about uh, what do you do about a physical attack that, want you to not come do praise. I just have to get in the presence of God and and press through that in the prayer. You know, when um if I if I don't know it's gonna happen and it hits on a Sunday morning, I just I have to come anyway. You know, um it's something mental is the same way. I have to do it anyway. With with the mental, Pastor Eileen told me one time, we pick our battles, you know, in that. So I don't have I don't have to let him engage me on a Sunday morning, and I, so I I didn't even know that. So I was able then to take authority over that. Okay, you can't engage me right now, you know. Take authority over that. With the physical, I just have to come. I've come. 102 fever before, you know, when I was learning how to press through that battle, because if it works, it's he's going to do it again. He will do it till I take authority and don't let him do it. I, you know, I didn't know sickness was uh, like any other battle. When we, we come in here and uh, Apostle Eileen would teach us on a Wednesday night, you know, get that off of you. <laughs> Any kind of heaviness, yeah, uh, depression, off. whatever. We would come in here after a day, you know, when we we're first learning to press through and and not feel good. I hear people say that I don't feel well, and that, yeah, I'm tired, and that keeps us at home. We give into those things, but we have to press past those things. And when there is a real deal of sickness, we, we were taught. The Lord will release us and tell us through our leader, if it's if we have a leadership position, or if we're a member of the body, pray and ask God. Can, you know, is it okay for me to stay home? I mean, be real. You know, don't don't just take it. <laughs> he said I could stay home today. <laughs> you know, really, God, is this something I need to press through? Because um, 
for myself, we were on vacation in Florida. This was years ago, walking on the beach, and I saw this um, person being pushed out onto the sand in a wheelchair. It had big old fat tires on it, you know, so it would go through the sand. But the Lord spoke to me at that moment. I saw by the Spirit that that's what the enemy wanted for me. And I'm like, um, okay, I saw the battle. I'd already been pressing through. But had I not taken authority over those ailments, through those, you know, those things in my life, that's where he wanted to take me. You know, sickness is another area that we have to overcome. We can't just accept every ailment because the enemy, if he takes, if you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. That's true. That's true. I have to know that that battle is a spiritual battle, not just a physical battle, and learn how, uh, you know, to take authority over it. Yes. I know a lot of people out in the world will associate their physical ailments to different things. You know, they'll s they may say your chi is not right or your yang's not matching up with your yang or something like that. Because, <laughs> and, and you know, if you just got an ailment. But I'm, if you'll notice, they say just press through. And the reason you press through is because the spirit inside you is never sick. He's never hurting. He's always ready to praise God at any moment. So if you can just get that little body up here and push through that, then that spirit will take over. And those ailments, that's why when people come to church and they say, I don't have that headache that I had 10 minutes ago, that's exactly why. Because that spirit is taken over and has pushed out the enemy. And it's, it's all just from pressing through to the battle. Uh, yeah, we have a question online that says, um, um, this person, uh, when they pray, they pray all evening, and after waiting quietly, all they can hear is silence, so they're waiting on God to speak. Um, what's some comforting words you could give this person in the midst of that quietness when they don't hear anything? It's real important. So they're praying? Well, there's, there's a lot to be said for the quiet time with the Lord. Uh, it is, you know, just we pray every time, and if you don't hear a response, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, now, it shouldn't be happening every single time that you pray. What's this person's first name? Lana? Lana, if you're praying every single time and nothing ever happens, then... I would wonder if we're really connecting with the Spirit. Uh, it, you know, I know you're in the quiet time and you're there, but just keep pressing. Just open up and, and maybe change the tactics a little bit. Maybe change your environment or your atmosphere. Uh, start by reading Psalms. If, if you're, something is not working for you, if you're starting out with a song like she was talking about earlier, we'll just start out with Psalms first and then go into a song. Because the Lord is there and he's listening to you. But, but you're, something is holding you back from breaking the heavens. Maybe it's a distraction. Maybe it's the kids running around. Maybe something like that. But, but he's there and he's listening. But take that quiet time. Just go as, do what it takes to get as deep as you can. And you'll know when you're getting through that barrier into the deep 
because like we mentioned a while ago, your, your countenance will change, your prayers will change, your voice can even change, you know. Um, but you've got to do what it takes to get through that barrier. And you could even invite somebody to help you. Uh, that's another thing. Uh, you may need to be with a prayer partner. And, you know, and like, I don't know what you'd call that, like help helping you get through there. Yes. Um, that's, that's probably what I would do. I would call someone and say, can you come in agreement with me? And we're, you know, we're starting a thing here for that of people um, just checking on people and saying, can we agree with you? But it's good you're spending time with him alone. He said, be still and know that I am God. So, Father, I pray for Lana right now. God, can we just stretch our hands? Lord, we just pray that there's an open heaven. God, that that uh, you lead her into the heavenlies. Lord, you said that we sit with you in the heavenly places, Ephesians chapter 2. We sit with you in the heavenly places. So, God, help her to ascend to your holy mountain. Help her to ascend up in her spirit, God, that she can break through in the spirit realm, and the spirit's praying through her, Lord, and she can hear your voice. And we just give you praise for it, Lord. I thank you. You said if we seek you, we'll find you. We, you said if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we'll be filled. God, I just thank you for filling Lana with your word, God. You said if we ask, we're going to receive. We seek, we'll find. If we knock, it'll be open to us, Lord. And we just pray for her, and we'll keep, her, keep you in our prayers that God will help you break through in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I fast sometimes when I don't have peace. He said, Philippians 4, 6 through 8, um, he said, be anxious for nothing. So if you feel anxious about a situation, a circumstance, why isn't this changing? I don't understand why this isn't changing. He said, with prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God is going to come upon you. So a lot of times it's I'll fast when I don't have a knowing. I'm I'm unsure. I'm unsure unsure about my future. That's a good time to fast and God will give you a word and of your next thing. Because there's no limits on God. There's always more. Uh a good time to fast is when you feel cold towards God. You feel you don't have any fire. Because he said, don't let the fire burn out on his altars day or night. So if I'm feeling lukewarm, if I'm feeling pulled to the world, and this is a lot of people do. They, they think, they, I hear people say they don't got to come. This is awful. They don't got to come to school because they already know all that. Well, but when I get around them, it's all flesh and need coming out of them. So maybe there's a couple more things to learn, you know. When we get to the point we don't need taught, that's a dangerous place. <laughs> that's, a dangerous. 
because of dangerous place. We have to keep a teachable spirit. Amen. Natalie, do you have anything you would like to add? <laughs> I struggle with my identity in Christ a lot. And, like, the enemy really wants to hit me with that a lot. Like, you're not good enough. And even when I go into prayer, like, it's still, I feel like it ain't, like, is that something to fast about? Or I just. No, it's something uh, that we, we're going to teach. Pastor Barbara's going to teach on identity a lot, on who we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. And she's taught it before, but a lot of y'all wasn't here then, so we're going to. She's still going to teach on prophecy and things like that, too. But I, uh, I do know people struggle with who they are. They struggle feeling good enough, like you said. Um, but I don't usually ask people to fast when they first start coming. Because um, to me, you're already fasting. You're fasting different things when you're getting out of the world. You're, maybe you're fasting a drug. Maybe you're fasting rated R movies, maybe you're fasting sex, maybe, you know what I mean? You're already mm -hmm. fasting. Now, I won't say not do it. I'll just say don't put law on yourself mm -hmm. because you're already doing things. And if we put too much on new people, then they're going to get overwhelmed and they're going to quit because they don't feel like they can live up to the standard. Mm -hmm. So you really don't have to worry about none of that right now. Just get established. Just get established. You're trying to beat me down. No. We're going to yeah. pray that off of you before we leave today. Okay? Thank you. Yes. Somebody else? Yes. When God puts a burden um, on your heart for someone or something to pray about, how do you know, like, how to carry that burden and how to pray for that burden, but not like, because sometimes in intercession, like it comes on you so much that you feel like it's your own and it's like, it weighs you down. So is that the point where you just need a breakthrough on that? Or how do you kind of separate that? If that makes sense. Should I, uh, okay, tell me again. Okay. So you have a burden for someone and not, okay. How to, have that burden for God and to know to pray about it, but not to let it, like, not to carry that burden, if that makes sense. Um, I usually carry a burden till there's a breakthrough. Just say, I see something on someone's face Sunday. I see distress on them or uh, rebellion. Um, I carry that burden until there's a breakthrough. If there's not a breakthrough in me in a day or two, then I'm going to fast about it. Because a real burden is not going to leave till there's a breakthrough. Unless we just ignore it and close it off. And then something's probably going to happen. That person's going to leave. Or, you know, if there's no breakthrough, then we can't just think it's going to be okay because it's not. <laughs> Does that help? Okay. He taught us to bear one another's burdens in the Word. Um, what are, when you're, you're talking about when the breakthrough comes in fasting and in prayer, and when
when you have come out of fasting or any other leaders here or prayer, if you come back with a with a word from God that's extraordinary, it's not it's not from here or any of you. It's from Him. How? What are some of the different ways He delivers that word to you when you're fasting or praying? I love this one. You like the other answer? I love this one because the analogy I use is a writer. Like sometimes they get writer's block and they have to go get by themselves, maybe in a lodge somewhere or something, you know, um, by the river and look at a different scenery. Um, a lot of people, when they fast, they do that. A lot of these big ministers, they'll go and they'll rent them a cabin or something and get by themselves. Keely did that. She went to the beach and consecrated herself for a week uh, and it birthed her being here. One of the things it birthed was when she's coming back, she met us two days later. We're like feeling for her to come here. Uh, all the way from Fayetteville. I'm going to say it right this time. So um, it's like a download. But it's important to know if I'm preaching on Sunday after service, I'm letting God start working. What does the church need? What does the church need? If I see, a, if I feel a lot of people depressed, if I feel, and I start letting God birth that message in me, especially prophetic preachers, start really prophetic teachers too, let Him birth that word in me. Um, and I just meditate on it, you know, even throughout my day, you know, uh, even on my off day, I'll just be, Lord, okay, what's the church need? Why I see three people sad today? What's the church need? And it's just communion with him. And then all of a sudden, he'll give me a, like a word or two or three words. Uh, garment of praise, put on the garment of praise and it breaks the spirit of heaviness maybe that'll come to me and oh i don't think i'm gonna remember i write it down put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and i just keep worshiping communion even if i'm washing clothes whatever he'll give me another sentence this this happens over days uh, and then pretty soon you got a song you got a chapter for your book. You got a message. So it's, it's, it's more like that's that being still and knowing he's God. Put on worship music, lay there, you know, or whatever you do. And, uh, and you'll hear stuff in your spirit. Write it down. And then when you're getting, your, getting ready, I hear this all the time. I've got my stuff, but I don't know how to put it together. My answer to that always is, and I've heard it for years, it's always is prayer puts it together. So I, I meditate all week, and if he gives me the rhema word, um, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'm going to look up praise. I'm going to find scriptures on praise. What? Okay, what's going to counteract heaviness? Praise. I'm going to get my concordance down and write down scriptures on praise. And then... Then I'm going to spend time in God's presence praying if it's not coming together. And he's going to say, write it this way. That's how I do it. 
teachers could probably tell you how they do it. Maybe that's how they do it too. But that's how I do it. And I know you're a prophetic preacher, so does that help? Yeah. Okay. I found that, um, you know, I, I do a lot of fasting myself, but um, the consecrated fast usually works better than anything, and I wish we would use it more, you know, because, you know, I, you know, I was praying about it the other day, and, and the Lord brought me to Isaiah, I think, 51, and you, when you read that, it describes the fast and how God really wants it and all, you know. And when we really consecrate ourselves to the Lord and lock ourselves in, in with God, everything I've ever done, I mean, God's took care of it. If I made a consecrated fast, and I fasted for years till finally um, Pastor Eileen told me one day and said, Brother Allen, when you fast, you're supposed to come to church and, you know, get away from the world and consecrate your life to God. And I'm like, it don't matter what I do as long as I'm not eating. She said, no, Brother Allen, that's not a fast. So... It took me years to learn. And then when I, you know, when I finally let that get in my spirit, um, then my breakthroughs started coming real fast. And, you know, God was doing the things I wanted done. But I know something else that gives us a boost into getting close to God is baptism. God showed me baptism breaks things off your life, too. Because I know some things I couldn't break. No matter what I did, I could not get them to break. But I got baptized, and it broke it off my life just like that. I just wanted to add that, too. That really helps you. I, I just want to ask, how do you know when the breakthrough comes? When you've been when we've been fasting a lot of times when you're fasting you don't feel anything like Saturday some I'm pretty much here sometime every Saturday I choose to do that some other people come and go um, I see the difference when I'm not here uh, I won't say you know if I don't leave you I would church then I'm over it even if you're preaching. So I see the difference in the breakthrough if I don't. Um, so I choose to do it. I don't feel anything all the time, but he always shows up. So I just do what I feel like he's telling me to do, and then I leave the rest to him because most of the time until you start eating again, you don't hear everything. Most of my revelations... I'm not talking about for a message, but like how to do things, how to, what does the church need? It comes after the fast, after I started eating again. It could be two days after I fasted that I feel a breakthrough and I've already been eating for two days. So a lot of, Mama told me a long time ago because I fasted every, like if I preached Wednesday night, I didn't eat. And a lot of times it was real hard and she... <laughs> I feel like there's no anointing and this and that. And she said, well, maybe you need to fast another day. And a lot of people get someone else to fast when they're preaching, like Pastor Barbara praying for me for today. 
pray for us for today and a couple others of y'all. But I'm praying for her for Sunday. So don't don't be looking for a feeling. I'll say that because you always won't get it. You just do what you know to do, what you feel like he's telling you to do, and know that that's enough. Because he said, if this is what I heard a prophet say one time, if I pray, God will display. And he does. Not just when I study. He'll display on that word, but to manifest the presence of God, the glory, then I got to go past studying. I got to pray and study. I want to read, did that help any? Isaiah 58, verse 8, this is what, I mean, verse 6, what Prophet Allen's talking about. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? This is, you know, he was saying a lot of people fast for other reasons. Above this, he was saying they fast for debate, they fast for strife, they fast to compete, they, they fast for... Let's just start at verse 4 so we can read it all, I guess. You fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. I don't do it for personal gain. I should be doing it for his gain. <laughs> verse 6. I mean, verse 5, is it such a fast that I've chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to quit spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that your you break every yoke. So if something won't break in your life, he's telling you right here that fasting will break it. Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry and that you bring the poor? In other words, have a word. <laughs> Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Deal your bread to the hungry and that you bring the poor that are cast out to your house. When you see the naked, you cover him. And that you hide not yourself from your own flesh. Don't go to fasting and blame everybody else for everything. God, what's in me? Cover not your flesh. Because, hey, I want it to be effectual. I want to be fruit out of it. And if I don't never ask, is there something wrong with me? I'm missing the, the, the best thing of the fast, really. Then shall your light, what's going to happen after, Just he says a day of fasting. What's going to happen? Your light will break forth as the morning, and your hell shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. So if you don't feel good enough, he says, if you fast, your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. He's going to come behind you too. He's going to protect you. Then shall you call and the Lord will answer. Oh, I don't hear God. I heard people say, God don't ever talk to me. If you fast, he's going to talk to you. He talked to Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He walked with them. That's what he wants to do with us. I'll call and he's going to answer. I'll cry and he'll say, here I am. 
If you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. And if you draw out your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall your light rise in obscurity and your darkness be as the noonday. My husband was talking last night, you know, about America and everything that's happening. And um, he said, I'm eating these cashews right now. I don't know how long I'm going to get to eat them. And I said, Revelation says, touch not the oil and the wine. Uh, and we talked about some of that, that because we care about the hungry right now, we care about the clothed, people being clothed right now, we'll never be hungry and we'll never not have clothes. That's what he's saying. The Bible says if you give to the poor, you get back what you gave. So some people just want to give to the poor. They don't want to give up. They don't have the revelation to give up because they think you don't need it when, when you already have stuff. But he says when you give to the poor, if you give them a dollar, you're getting back a dollar. So there's never any increase. But the fact that you give to the poor, you're always going to have the dollar. That makes sense? So he's saying you get healed. He's saying... You feel God's presence close to you again. He's saying um, that you're going to be rewarded. When I was studying, you know, Adam and Eve was told don't eat the, the um, fruit in Genesis. You know, right before that, uh, when God created the earth, he made those four rivers, and they had gold in it and everything else, onyx, four rivers. Well, they lost that because they ate that apple. Esau lost his, the Bible says he gave it up. He gave up his, um, what you call it? Birthright. Birthright. Because he wanted a bowl of stew, stew. So, yeah, you can lose things if you don't fast. But I want to encourage you today. He said, a threefold course not easily broken. Prayer, prayer, giving, and fasting. I ain't never seen nothing that didn't get answered. You do them three things. Nothing. Nothing. Is it time? 10.45? Okay. God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this day. Baby, would you pray over us? For this day. God, we just thank you for being with us today, God, as we adventure out into this new thing, God. We thank you for the people's hearts that are hungry, God, for the people that are, if they're asking questions about, Lord, about fasting, God, we know that they're hungry, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for that hunger, God. We thank you for the ones that have hungered for generations, God, and we thank you for the ones that are hungering, just coming into that, Lord Jesus, but we thank you that you are there, God, and you're constantly teaching us and forever with us lord jesus and i thank you for this ministry god and i thank you for the people online and i thank you for the people here and i just thank you for who you are in our lives god and that you are our provider god and we thank you that we have somebody that we can come to when things are too hard for me to to take care of on my own god i can go to prayer and fasting and you will answer that call lord jesus and i thank you for that god and i thank you and i love you in jesus name amen Thank you again for tuning in with us.
If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.